Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we are sadly joined for the last time, because it's been such a good time this week, uh, by uh, Bentley Michaels, a voice actor of <laughs> renown and the host of A Christmas Story Minute and the Wayne's World Minute, as, as I'm discovering a distractor of high renown as well. How are you doing, Bentley? <laughs> oh, I got this Christmas. I got the buddy suit going, bud. You did. You made me corpse when I was trying to open the show. I had to do it again. You got to you got to put that in there, bud. I think that's hilarious. We'll see. I'll put that in the special Patreon outtake for our Patreon Ooh. that doesn't exist yet. This is minute 93 of Roadhouse. This minute starts Road with in. Dalton and Jimmy exclaim, exchanging pleasantries, and it ends with Dalton delivering a punch to the kidney and another one to the face. Yeah. Uh, this is a fighting minute. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I am sorry Bentley, that you're not going to be here for the whole fight. You would have to watch two more minutes of Roadhouse to get to the end of this fight. It's a pretty substantial fight, uh, but we're going to kind of start it in this minute. And I feel like before we the action begins, we get this exchange. So Jimmy says, prepare to die. Dalton says, you are such an a-hole. So my question to the two of you is, who do you think has won that battle of wits? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a really funny opening line, Pat. Oh my god! No, no I thought I mean, it's hilarious because oh man, because it's it's such like stupid eighties dialogue or whatever. So like, it makes me laugh because you were like, all right, now here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like you broke it down. That's what made me laugh. Oh man, I think I think I think they're both winners because they're both uh, winners. They're... What is this like? Some participation trophy thing? Uh huh. And uh, you know, but like, I I just I I just like that they both say the stupidest thing possible to each other when they're just like beefing. And Swayze's got no shirt on. You know, he's got the baby oil on his body. He's looking great. The, the he. You know, he he's uh, his skin is reflecting the fire from the explosion in the background, and that guy's wearing like it was like a green, black, white checkered shirt or something like that, like just super Al Borland shirt, and uh, just ready to kick some butt. And they gotta they gotta they gotta throw out the the obligatory eighties. Are you ready? No. But are you ready for my fists? Like you know, yeah, it's like <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> exactly, Marcy. What do you think about this little dialogue exchange? Well, I would give it to Dalton because I think I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's always funny when you get somebody that's like um, dismissive of somebody's like really hard come online. You know, it's <laughs> like ah. Eh. I feel like if I were you, Marcy, after Jimmy, this would be the time where you would normally come in the podcast and say, that's so dumb. That is so dumb. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So you know what? That that's a great way to put it, Marcy. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. <laughs> like they both say something and then you pause the movie and then you give the commentary. <laughs> That's so dumb. And then you hit play again. And you're like, let's watch some more dumb crap. <laughs> yeah. 
the thing about this fight, and I th- so I think I just want to make a general comment about this fight, and then probably what I'll do is I'll try to I'll try to do my best Al Michaels, and I'll give you all play by play because I did kind of write down the beats of these, and you all can provide sort of your color commentary and just kind of chime in with what you think about each part. Let's get ready. To um, that's Michael Buffer. Um, so the one like if if you if, so Bentley if you after this I know you're gonna go watch the rest of the movie if you watch this whole fight. The whole fight kind of breaks down into like three chapters. It's like it's like it's its very own three-act play. And the thing that surprises me a little bit, and you can see it in this minute, is like for the first third of the fight, Dalton just kicks ass. Like he is yeah. dominating. Like he, he is winning on all cards. Like they should stop the fight at this point. Mm-hmm. Then we get to a middle part that you're not going to get to see in this minute where Jimmy I'm turns. I'm going to see ta- it tonight when I watch this whole movie. So Jimmy's going to yeah. turn. The, Jimmy's going to turn the tables in minute 94. You got and then, to. And then, of course, you know, spoiler alert: the good guy eventually is going to figure out a way to turn things back. But so, I guess my first question is: Were either of you surprised that the first minute of this fight seems so one-sided? No. No. Okay. I mean, watching again, watching so many martial arts movies, like, I mean, it is. I mean, that's how folks you know in 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 those uh, movies that community all that sort of stuff like it's very much exactly what you said it's a three-part play in which the hero usually it's one of two ways the hero either starts out kicking serious butt and then gets too cocky and gets rocked and then has to come back or the hero starts off getting rocked and rocked and rocked and then they have a few moments here and there and then the third act is them coming back and f- narrowly defeating the their opponent i would so be the, it, the sylvester stallone rocky four but like i i really uh i really enjoy it and you can tell because the uh the choreographer uh being the jet obviously he comes from that school of being in a, a part of martial arts movies and that sort of stuff so he takes that approach with these two hillbilly yokel bartender uh, house blower upper folks, you know, and he makes a really great fight scene. I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, this is really entertaining. It's a good and fight my, scene. My note, my note is like uh, again, like I said it uh, 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 on the last minute, but you can tell. Uh, my note is Swayze can move, great body posturing, and you can tell he's a dancer because he does everything with such ease. Like mm. you can tell. Like when he kicks or he punches or even when he gets hit, like like the way that he react, like there's a there's a there's an ease to it. There's like a a fluidity and like you can tell he's a ballet dancer, like because like he just has like a a, it's almost like Gene Kelly in a way, like where like Gene would move and like and even though he was much more of like a like a a blue collar type of dancer in comparison to Fred Astaire, who was very much more like er error. Ariodite and like you know ballroom gene was like more about like being down and low and like that sort of stuff swayze kind of has that thing where like he's like he's a tough guy but like also like oh i just got hit in the mic like the most the the best way i just react like my body like you know it's it's so awesome to like watch uh in in like coming from a dancer's perspective and um, and that sort of yeah. thing. His his um, body is his body is very supple. I think it it sort of it like gives with it gives with the force of his impact, but he's always able to sort of like return to center very quickly and yeah. easily. 
Yeah, which I think for, you would sure. you, you would expect from a dancer who always sort of needs to be kind of like centered in their body position. Yeah, th- that that's a great way of putting it. Like like he's fight and then he comes back and he's always just like boom. He's like he's here. He's just like that, and mm. and no one and no one can see what I'm doing for you guys right now. And so, but it's just like he's like boom 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 boom. But I'm here, and I'm <laughs> I'm ready to go. You know, like he always kind of like resets, I suppose. So before I give you the breakdown too, uh, I did, so I read and I would encourage all of you to read it because I'm not going to give you all the details from this. If you go out on the, on the web, I think it's on Vulture. There's a fantastic oral history of this fight scene, um, which ends, do you know how this fight scene ends, Bentley? If you don't, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Oh yeah. I'll know later. Marcy, Marcy, don't say it. This was I'll, my my favorite part of watching. Tell me, this I don't care for the first time. I'm not. I'm not going to. You have to watch it. it. So it Marcy, is, tell me, it, I don't it care. Is, no, no, Marcy, don't. It is. It is. The, it is the most iconic thing. The thing that Roadhouse is known for the most. So if you watch, it was very surprising. Two more minutes. Uh, okay, but so in this, I'll watch this it tonight. Article, I promise. Uh, just a couple of sort of pieces of setup before we go through the beats here, and, and I let you all kind of chime in. So, like I said, this is one of the early scenes that they filmed, which is kind of funny. There's a story that apparently Marshall Teague, that's the person who's playing Jimmy in this scene, he sort of decided to go method. And like, so the two of them like would not interact with each other. They were not nice to each other. They didn't even talk to each other. And I guess this was his way of sort of trying to let the animosity build. Um they, apparently they they shot this scene over five nights wow. for five and a half hours a day. Wow. Uh, Marshall Marshall Teague estimates that they filmed this entire fight more than seventy times. Wow, the entire fight. Wow. Um, and and there's some I mean there's some funny stories that come out of this. Um, there's a quote from from Benny Urquidez because so Patrick Swayze as we've talked about is a dancer. Marshall Teague actually was in the Navy. Um, before he became an actor. And so here's a quote from Benny Urquidez. He says, Marshall Teague's moves were very military-esque, very hard and right to the point. And Patrick, he moved like a cat, uh, a real Mm -hmm. cat type of motion. I don't think that's fair if you see that there. Um, Apparently, so on on the night, the first night of filming, apparently Marshall Teague just like, was just a sort of like nonstop, like, just like talking all kinds of trash to Patrick Swayze right before they started filming just to like get him amped up and like really upset. And then uh, the story is when they started filming this, like after about, you know, a couple of takes, like they didn't realize it, but people came in and they sort of had to like pull them off each other because they were like, they were, they were taking it a little too seriously. And they had to say to them like, guys, we have the rest of the movie to film. <laughs> you two need to not hurt each other. Yeah, yeah. Because like after wow. the after the after the first night, like there's a scene. If you watch the next minute, there's a scene where um, Marshall Teague whacks Patrick Swayze in the chest with a log. That's oh. what that's what marks the transition from Dalton winning to Jimmy winning. Um, and I mean, I know he pulled his he pulled his he pulled his punch, but still like the Patrick Swayze gets hit in the, in the chest with a, um, what you, you call it, with a log is, is, and like a he real was log he, or like a stunt log. Like, I mean, know, I don't know, but he gets styrofoam? hit in the chest. Apparently by the end of, by the end of the night, he was like, I think he might've even like broken a rib or two. Oh, wow. um, apparently Marshall Teague, um, got his, got his, like his, his eye socket, socket like cracked. Um, and so after the first and all this happened on the first night and so finally like you know charlie pisirni and and benny akitas came in it's like guys 
you know, we're just acting here. You guys got to tone uh, yeah, it down. Yeah, you got yeah, to tone it down a little bit or we're not going to be able to make the rest of this movie. Um, and then, you know, so then they filmed for four more nights. But um, it's a cute story. Like, apparently at the end of this fight scene, like, they were best of friends and remain best of friends right up to up until Patrick Swayze's death. Which is, I mean, it's a cute it story. comes across on screen, though. Like, you can tell, like, they're like they're going after each other. You know, and and that's also I think what is awesome about like some of these older movies is that like you can sometimes see, you know, that quote unquote the method or whatever you know the method like. But yeah, like when I was watching this, I was like, man, they're like they're they're getting in it. They're uh, no, they are for sure. They're they're definitely like. It doesn't look like they're pulling punches, and also like I was watching and going like. I wouldn't be surprised. It's funny that you used to say all that stuff. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a story about how like one guy clocked the other guy because they were yeah. just in it or whatever. I mean, not on um, purpose. They weren't actually hitting each other, but I, I you know, right. I think I think I'm sure there were a couple of accidental blows. All right. So let's 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 get into the action that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the first thing I want to just mention is the insane grin on Dalton's face. Like he is clearly loving the fact that this fight is about to go down. Yeah. Right. Like well, it's been like, building up for a while. I guess so. Uh, all right. What happens then? So, so then we get, we get our first roundhouse kick of the fight launched by Jimmy, mm-hmm. which, which misses. Yeah. I've got a note on that. I go hailmaker kick. That thing oh. went for a while. A what? Hailmaker? I called it a I, I called it a hailmaker kick. Yeah, yeah. He does a great roundhouse or whatever. Like it, it's it was so interesting to watch, and like you can tell again, you can tell Swayze is a dancer because of the way he throws the kick or whatever. There's such ease to it, and really, there's a lot of grace. There's like a it's very smooth and very fluid, and like I was I was I'm 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 a huge Swayze fan because i know he's a dancer you know obviously that chris farley sketch on snl is you know uh, with the chippendales is like legendary or whatever but it's like people don't realize like how great of a dancer he was and like how much that comes into just his overall body posturing and how he approaches like if you watch him act in any movie and you see how he moves and how he his chest is out and where his center of gravity is and everything. And for some people, they would go like, man, that guy just looks great on screen. But if you know he's a dancer, you go, oh, like I'm watching a day. It, it's the same with um, Dulé Hill. Uh, on oh, the yeah. Show. No, he's uh, a fantastic tap dancer. On the show Psych or whatever. Like, Marcy, do you remember Dulé Hill? That's mm-hmm. Charlie from the West Wing. Yeah. yeah, Charlie from the West Wing. Right before West Wing, he was on Broadway uh, in Save Ann Glover's Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funk. That doesn't and surprise me. He was he was part of the original cast, and then he and then he left to do West Wing, and then he did Psych. But when you watch him move and you watch him his physicality, like if you know he's a, there, there's a certain way that he moves, and when you know he's a dancer, you're like. That's what it is. Yeah. I got I have a, a non-balletic next thing to talk about though. So I have in my notes here, 
after Dalton gives Jimmy sort of like a kidney punch, mm-hmm. um, he appears to give Jimmy the Vulcan neck pinch. And I didn't, oh, yeah. quite, I didn't quite understand what he was doing here. Like he, he grabs Jimmy by the neck and somehow is able to use that to force him down to the ground. So any thoughts about that? Again, I think it's of the time where they're like, hey, we can kind of like throw this sort of physical thing in. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if like one of them, like as they're choreographing or whatever, like, and then like, you know, he like comes behind me, like, he, you know, he does like the Spock, like he like, he tries to grab me and I'm like, oh no, you know, and then like, and then, then we get out of it, you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if that's exactly how it happened. The next thing that happens um, is, and Marcy, I'm curious what you think about this. So. Dalton is clearly has like is in the dominant position, but somehow, like it seems to happen in a lot of 1980s movies, he leaves himself vulnerable to Jimmy grabbing him by the arm and literally tossing him over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he like... squirrels that away and throws Jimmy then. That is right. Just... Okay. So so the next move. So maybe we can just sort of do sort of a very quick kind of judging of these two things. So Jimmy gets the jump on Dalton and tosses him over his shoulder. But then Dalton responds by essentially uh, catapulting Jimmy over his outstretched leg. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so, so who, so who wins that type of thing? Who wins that exchange? I think Dalton for sure. Cause yeah, I don't know if he, get kind of thrown over somebody's shoulder onto your back if that necessarily hurts so much. Um, but it's he obnoxious. can just like, yeah, he could I just the like, sense. he then really chucks him. Like he chucks him down the, the riverbank onto the sand. I yeah. don't know. I got the sense that neither one of those two moves was particularly painful, even in the context of this fight. Cause like Dalton is sort of supporting him on the edge of his foot and he's really just kind of doing a somersault through the air. I don't know. But he's landing at like coming down from a much higher height. That is true. He is landing square on his back. That could hurt. Yeah. As a guy that's been flipped like that in class, it's painful to oh, land right. like that. Yeah, I would and, imagine. And I actually, I actually almost thought like uh, some jujitsu stuff. Like I, I was like, I was watching. I was like, oh man, is he gonna go for an arm bar? Like, cause like he kind of flips him and kind of like grabs the arm. Like it almost looks like he's going to go for like an arm bar, like the, the Ronda Rousey kind of, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think arm bars were a big thing here. And I don't Probably think there's, not. I don't think there's arm bars on this movie. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. But I was just like my initial reaction when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, is he going to, cause like he kind of flips him and he has control of the arm. I was like, Oh, is he going to go for an arm bar? You know, but like, Obviously, you know, he did not or whatever, but I've got uh, my notes. (laughs) My notes are so silly. There's some great kicks in here. They're very fast. Yeah. Well, okay. So the next one that the next one we get is not fast. Like this is Patrick Swayze's hero shot. This is the shot where we see him like from below. This is almost like a Dutch angle from below looking Mm -hmm. up at him as he appears to leap through the air in slow motion so that he can knee Jimmy in the chest. Yeah. What a great it's moment. Great. It is. It's, it's I can back up just a second to talk about the set just a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Um th- there's just little things that are kind of distracting here and there. Like he lands next to this tuft of grass. <laughs> that's Marcy, like a three Marcy. foot tall tuft of grass. Yeah. That look that looks a lot like uh what is Some great that, set that design. Looks, that looks a lot like that thing you bought for our guinea pigs today. What is it called? Yeah. Pet salad. I bought them. Pet salad, pet salad, just like 
standing up grass from the grocery store. They were like, it's just um, like, what we need here is we need a little set design. We need we need some color to make it pop. Uh, can yeah. we get that three feet uh, tall piece of grass in here, please? <laughs> I think like you. I think you you're being forward. charitable. I don't think that plant was introduced by the set designer. I have a feeling that was there to begin with. It's ridiculous. No plant grows like that. Like if you go forward in time, it's just literally sticking up out of the dead sand. This, I mean, this three classic. foot tall, straight up. And, you know, plants just don't grow like that. They don't grow like, <laughs> they don't grow without any other little ones next to it, you know? I've well, never Unless seen you're out in the desert or something like that. And, uh, yeah, but they're not. They're like in a wetland. Yeah, it's right next to the river. I mean, te- technically they're in uh, Santa Clarita, California, but I think in the movie they're supposed to be in Missouri. Neither one of those two or places. Back to the Future was so Neither one of those two places would have one of these things. Well, Marcy, you've proved once again, you're not only our fashion consultant, you're our horticultural consultant. So I appreciate that. Yeah, they're doing some crazy stuff. Anything else you want to, I mean, so all I know about this set, we're not going to get to see this in this minute. They picked this particular place to stage this fight scene because there's a particular like Y-shaped tree that is Mm -hmm. going to become critical to an upcoming minute where... Well, let's just say it's not going to go. I'll well find for Jimmy. out later tonight. You will. I don't want to spoil. <laughs> I, I so don't want to spoil the rest of this for you, um, Marcy. You said you had some things to say about this set. Was there anything else? Oh no, but I just think it's really fun. Like it, it reminded me a lot of when we watched White Christmas and that? that that first song where they have um, their. They're at the place in Florida, and they do that number where they kind of like go into these different areas along. It's not the, set. the first song, but whenever you make an allusion to White Christmas, it's always the song called "Dancing" oh. that you refer to. Yes, it's yes, maybe the right. fifth or sixth song. Yes. Well, anyway, so they like go into all these different places on their dance, and it's the same thing with this fight scene. It's like they start up upland in the grassy area, and then now they're down in the sandy area. Eventually, they'll be in the water area, and um, I, I just Moving appreciate. That story. Yeah, I just appreciate this. Like, kind of like they're they're both getting much dirtier and sandier and exploring their environment i mean except for the lighting patrick swayze patrick swayze and marshall teague are dead ringers for danny k and vera lynn you you got it spot on there yeah dude Um, i love white christmas i watch that every year with my father we do we watch it every year as a family as well and there may or may not be an upcoming future project that I don't want to necessarily mention now because I don't want to jinx it. But uh, man, I'm 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 already uh, doing singing in the rain minute, so it's all good. Wow, you could come on and chat with us about your white Christmas story. I like I, uh, that you have an you watch it every year with your family. That's really nice. yeah. My well, I, my 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 grandmother, my my dad's mom. Um, she was a a very wonderful singer. And she used to open for like all the big acts when they came to Portland and she would sing before them or whatever. And I, uh, when she died, she goes, what do you want? I go, I want the harmonica that she, she had like the, you know, she had her, her, uh, her drawer with like her silverware and there was a harmonica in there. And so whenever Mm -hmm. I would go visit her, I would go grab that. I was like, I want the harmonica and I want your piano. And so I have, a 950 pound piano that was built in 1893 in Chicago wow. in my home. And I have her harmonica 
and uh, all my Back to the Future uh, uh, DeLorean cars, because I've got a whole bunch of back to different types of cars and stuff, uh, are on there. Then like a bunch of pictures of me and her, and I sit there and I play the piano every single day. Oh, and, nice. And and but it is that thing of um like we used to watch movies together like and so mm-hmm. when i would go visit her in in hood river where where she uh where she lived here in oregon you know she had old movies and like my dad loved old movies my dad's favorite movie is wizard of oz i always grew up watching musicals mm-hmm. which is why i made a clerk's musical <laughs> and like mm-hmm. i watch i watch singing in the rain three times a year can i can i like, ask basically you basically quarterly can I ask you what your favorite song? What's your What's your favorite song from White Christmas? Mandy, it's like it's like choosing your stop. No, no, don't don't try to don't try to influence that, this decision. Well, I'm I you know I'm it's a sucker that for one. an up tempo number though. Yeah, I'm a sucker for any sort. Of, dun, 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 dun. My favorite song from White Christmas is Snow. Oh, the one that they true. sing in the in the club car. It's not yeah. choreography, Roger. No, that's the worst one, Marcy. That's the worst <laughs> one of all. Uh, yeah, old, old Bing Crosby. Like uh, Bing Crosby, Christmas is the only Christmas album that I own. Oh, I have right. it. I have it. Like we used to. I had it on cassette as a kid, and we used to listen to it. And so every Christmas, when I wake up, I go to my phone, and I I hit play, and I listen to the entirety of. Of Bing Crosby Christmas. Uh, I mean, if I couldn't listen to All I Want for Christmas is You, I'd want to listen to Bing Crosby do Christmas too as well. No, I'm just kidding. I carry there, bud. Everybody knows that the best Christmas album is uh, A Christmas Gift to You from Phil Spector. I'm not even kidding. I wasn't being ironic just then. I uh, I actually uh, during during the first year of the, the the pandemic, the lockdown. Of, I, I actually I wrote a Christmas movie. It's a time travel Christmas movie, and uh, I wrote I wrote an entire uh, 128 page script. And then uh, once we could all sort of get back together, I got about eight of my actor friends together, and we uh, we read the entire thing and recorded it. And so like I'm I'm doing rewrites on it right now. Actually, you should go on Bubba Wheat's podcast. That's all he talks about is time travel movies. Oh, I would time love to. travel I, things. We we I think we message back in bubble weeks. I think it's he called, and I message it's, back. And it's forth. called it's time to rewind. That's well, awesome. Speaking of old movies, that was a nice mm-hmm. little intermission from our fight scene here. But we've got some we got some more yeah. fighting to do. We're not Sorry. done fighting. White Christmas minute coming soon. It it, it may be coming soon. <laughs> um, but the, the, there's I guess there's sort of there's a, so there's a little bit more. Um, I would say that there is one point in this. In this minute, where it does seem like maybe Jimmy is going to start to have some success, he does get in a couple of good blows. Um, you know, he gives him, he gives Dalton this like elbow chop to the side of the head, and then gives mm. him like a pretty vicious like double knee to the head. That's a super um, sweet '80s move. The the chop, the yeah, yeah. Well, what I like, I feel like an even more super '80s fight trope is this notion that when you get locked, when you get knocked down you're actually in prime position because you can unleash the devastating upwards kick at your opponent, which is exactly what Dalton <laughs> yeah. does. It's like I got knocked down, but that's okay. Cause I'm going to put, I'm going to kick you in the chest. Uh-huh. I enjoy sure. that part very much. What did you all think about that? Just sort of that little exchange. Yeah, oh, that was great. I it, like, exactly what you said. Like while I was watching it where I was like, okay, they've been doing some kicks. 
they're trying to sort of like incorporate a little bit, you know, Chuck Norris was big at this time. So like they're trying to incorporate like some of the martial arts and like they've got Benny the Jet or whatever, you know, in there. And so like they're trying to do, but then also they're doing the haymaker stuff. Like they're just like throwing, throwing big punches, throwing big kicks, like stuff that like doesn't make sense. But also kind of like if you have, if, if you've ever watched like people fight, sometimes like they get to that point where someone gets knocked down and then they're like, they try to kick from the ground. They're kicking from the ground and like to like keep the person away before they can get up or whatever. Also, maybe they don't want to get up and keep fighting anymore, but I mean, like, only uh, if you're a professionally trained ballet dancer, though, will you be able to launch a kick that lands in somebody else's solar plexus? Like if that's, if that's me, I'm lucky if I hit the guy in the side of the knee. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and the, the great thing about this minute is we're not going to get just one of those. We're going to get another one because uh, I mean, so I don't want to skip over this though. We do get our very first, actually well-executed roundhouse kick of the minute mm-hmm. by of course of course dalton gets in his good roundhouse kick um but then when he gets when he gets kind of spun around um by his arm by jimmy he gives him another like low kick this time to the head yeah mm-hmm. ah, i Lo- love this this fight this fight is so great lots of great kicks like that that's what i was saying like i, I uh, that's in my notes is like there's a lot of really great kicks and you can definitely tell the uh, um the influence of the guy who choreographed it because like he you know as a martial artist or whatever he was like he he was known for kicking he's like okay so i have a guy who does ballet who's very obviously very good with his legs so who can do so it's just dancing essentially is what i'm i'm just teaching a a more violent version of dance it's a violent version of dancing where occasionally i'm on the ground on my back yeah and so he's (laughs) like so i i you know swayze does those kicks and all that stuff like so well um and, and and executes them so well like the spin kicks and everything that he does is like it's so well done and you could just Again, you can see that that dance and that professionalism uh, of, of like the control of his body. I will say is is immaculate. Like, I mean, he has such a good, you know, control of his physicality. It's it's fantastic. I can't. I, I've already said it a million times, and I'll <laughs> say it a million more times. Patrick Swayze really knows how to move. Marthy, I know you've said in previous minutes that you really like the sound work in this movie. What do you think Ooh. about the sound work in this fight scene? Oh, I remember when I was watching it earlier today, I was just like really feeling like it sounded like a lot of meat was getting hit around. <laughs> yeah, it had like that kind of, yeah, that juicy kind of fleshy <laughs> quality. Yeah. You're, not, you're not wrong. I yeah. mean, th- there is a lot Marcy, of meat. that's such there a great a way to put it. <laughs> well done, Marcy. That's so, <laughs> it's so juicy. Just like, just a bunch of wet rags hitting a, <laughs> hitting a wall. <laughs> if I remember, you know, four weeks from now when I'm editing this minute, would you like me to title this minute the Juicy Man Meat? Juicy Man Meat. <laughs> that's the I don't name th- of I my th- autobiography. That's. I think that might get us our first explicit tag, so I probably Juicy won't be able to use that title. The Bentley Michael story. Yikes. <laughs> well, I, th- I do think it was good. I really enjoyed it. That's the... Yeah. That is our that last... And the, the, that and the tuft of grass tickled me. The Gotta sound get work. foliage in there. That's the Foley work. You've so you've done voice work. I'm assuming you haven't done Foley work. That seems like something you have to be specially like. You have, yeah. 
I mean, I, I I produce a lot of stuff. So like, so like for the Clerks musical that I did, um, there's so many sound effects and stuff that like, and the tap dancing was all ADR because if you look at my shoes, like there's no yeah. taps on them. Tell Just us, like, I'm, tell us one story about a sound that you produced through means that were as far away from the actual sound you were attempting to create as possible. Like I know, for example, in Star Wars, the sounds of spaceship laser blasts were generated by striking high tension like wires that hold telephones in place right. with like like metal well I'll, I'll give you i'll give you two examples uh one which is something that i couldn't do physically and one is something that i can do physically one was i was working on this project where people were underwater and so i had this old like aluminum coca-cola uh metal you know it's i don't know it was like four feet long it was a rectangle by like you know one foot by like four feet like this coca-cola sign so like but it was thin so like you could sort of shake it and it would make that like like noise you know like when you shake like metal or whatever and so i set up a bunch of microphones and i would like lightly shake it or I would grab both ends and then like snap it. So it would go like, it would bow and go like, ew, ew. And, and so like, I got all these metal sounds and then like, I slowed them down, put reverbs on them, that sort of stuff. And that was like, when people were moving through the water, hmm. like it would be like this, like, like, but it was all based off of like this aluminum Coca-Cola sign thing that's so um, great what was the other one and then uh the other one was for my buddy uh josh stifter who also uh has animated for kevin smith he has a uh he was on robert rodriguez's rebel without a crew reality tv show where he got to make a feature film it's called the good exorcist and it's available uh he he just he just signed with trauma uh, Lloyd Kaufman's company and so he they just put out his blu-ray for his movie and I'm in it and he's got this this book it's kind of like the the book in like the the Harry Potter movies where it's like the monster book that like eats every, the Hagrid's book or whatever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but he so it was this devil book it was possessed by the devil and so super cheesy like it's got like ping pong ball eyes and he like had you know uh construction paper teeth but but it was this animated thing that opened and closed and i was the voice of that uh the <laughs> voice and so it was like this weird thing of like having to like contort my nasal passages and be like <laughs> like and like yikes you know like all sorts of weird noises so like i love how terrifying those noises are and how like out of context they are from what i'm looking at right now <laughs> you've got like a pink bunny suit yeah the, the pink bunny suit in the background like, i'm like sweet. the devil <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. i'm a looking in, human being you in, know in my mind in in my in my head canon the good exorcist is just a mashup of the good the good dinosaur and the exorcist. So that's what I will, that's what I, <laughs> I will mean, believe that film. You're not far off, but, not uh, far off. but definitely check out that flick. Like if you guys like, you know, like silly horror movies and it was made for 7,000 bucks. Cause that was like the, 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 the premise of the show. 
uh, he gave five filmmakers the budget he had to make El Mariachi, which was seven grand, and they got to make their own feature length film and awesome. uh, on, on the show. And so, like, definitely check it out. I'm in it. I'm, I'm the devil book. And it's just like all these like weird noises and that sort of stuff. And you would, again, you would never assume that they would come from a doughy looking guy like myself. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> or whatever. I want to listen know. to John Ratzenberger get possessed by Pazuzu. John Ratzenberger. Oh, dude, that's funny. Because John Ratzenberger is in every, uh, every Pixar movie. Yep. I used to be I used to be very afraid of a lot of like movies and like horror movies and stuff like that. And then just recently, um, I kind of convinced myself that it was just somebody's art. Then and it's not scary anymore. And this it's is just reaffirming a while to realize that. that motion pictures were in fact fiction. I you got, home alone it. You I home alone very it. I'm invested. not afraid anymore. Yeah, I got very invested in the story, and I, I like let it overtake me but now i can sure. like detach myself a little bit Marcy, and so this is very helpful too like now you're a person that makes really scary noises but you're just a person <laughs> with a bunny suit behind him with a based, bunny suit. marcy based based on based on that leap of logic that you just made i should assume now that it's okay for me to do my buffalo bill impression for you now no, I don't want it in my home. I mean, she's just a Are you fan. about a size 12? You, both of you. <laughs> this is not appropriate. Do you need any help moving no, that easy God. chair, Marcy? Ugh. I don't like do, it. You were the person that you were the person that pointed out on our Silence of the Lambs podcast that in fact the problem with Buffalo Bill was that he was just a bad seamster. Yeah. He's just not making that skin suit right. That was the also, problem. Also, another movie I've never seen. Oh, oh, that's an wow. excellent movie. I highly recommend it. You should really watch too. that I right after too. you watch Roadhouse. Right after you watch Roadhouse. If you, you know, it's not quite of the same cinematic quality as Roadhouse, but it's good <laughs> it, for, for what it's trying to do. It's a good effort. <laughs> it doesn't have, it doesn't have Swayze going shirtless, you know, with, with, with a sweet tan. It oh, he's have... oiled up and tanned. By the way, can we talk about how oiled up and tan he looks in this scene? This is not even the oiliest or tannest no. he is in this movie, Bentley. This is, I mean, this this movie, it, this particular scene, it's it's dark, and yeah. so you, re, you don't you do not get the full. Swayze. You don't get the full sheen of the Swayze. No, you, don't. you don't. I'm telling you. Go and back then he to, gets doused in sand, and it just ruins it. Minute, oh, minutes, it just ruins his sweat. Go back by. to minutes uh, thirty-five and thirty-six. I'm watching the whole thing. That I'm watching the whole thing tonight. Gonna get some tai chi. All the Swayze. You bet you are. I don't. I do not have anything else in my notes about this minute. Other than this, um, uh, other than they're kicking butt and they're they look like they're having fun, and it it was just it was a pleasure to watch this mm-hmm. with no context at all. And I was like, I was like, in my head, I just went, man, what a great three minutes! Explosions, fighting. I got to check out this movie. It's awesome. We have so. Bentley, we haven't actually we actually haven't done any of our other guest segments because this is you're watching these minutes blind. But just out of curiosity, yeah, before you get a chance to watch the rest, ask of the me movie, any questions that you normally ask people. Do you want to take a guess as to anything else that might happen after this point? Do you want to just try to try to spin forward? There's only there's only 21 minutes of the movie left. Okay, so. If what I know is correct, Patrick Swayze is a bouncer at a bar. That's correct. And he kicks a lot of butt. That's correct as well. And I think he kills a guy in the bar. 
no, no, not in the bar. Okay. Well, not in the bar. All right, here we go. And so he he's kicking butt. So I would imagine this ends with him maybe murdering this guy down you, by the lake. You you might not be wrong. Down there. by the river. Down by, <laughs> yeah. in a van down a van. by the river. <laughs> and uh and I, I you know, like the fight goes too far, and the guy won't back down. So, of course, 80s logic, got to kill the guy. You're, and You're not wrong. <laughs> and then I would imagine that somehow he gets away with it scot-free with the murder, and somehow he saves the bar that he works at for some reason that I don't know about yet. What do you think happens to Brad Wesley, the guy in the white fedora and suit mm, he's the bi- he's the big bad guy do you think he's okay gonna so mi- that guy's think trying he's- to like that guy's trying to like buy the bar and 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 sways he's like nah this is a local thing and so after he kills after he kills a, a white suits like henchman down Jimmy. by the river maybe uh who knows i'll find out later when i watch the movie um, it might happen. Then, then, it might then happen. He goes, then he goes after white suit and is like, you can't buy our bar and you can't buy our town. Get out of here, pal. And like, he has to like kick some Swayze, like Swayze kicks some butt with the white suit guy and like drives him out of town. So he doesn't that, like ruin the town. That's a good guess. What do you think happens between <laughs> Dalton and Doc? Doc, remember, is the woman played by Kelly Lynch, who, as you identified, do have a romantic relationship. What do you think is their status at the end of this movie? I would say that there's, like, that classic 80s, like, guy, like, arm around the shoulder. Maybe they have, like, a a funny thing where, like, where they kiss and they laugh after. So it's up in the (laughs) air. It's it's up. Yeah, Marcy knows what I'm talking about. And, like, they they, they kiss and then they're like, (laughs) ha, Like the end of like, like the end of an, like 80, an episode playing. of an eighties like the end of an episode of an eighties sitcom. Yeah, and like some great song is playing in the background, and like the camera's pulling out for some reason. You know, it's like on a crane shot or something like that. And like then the credits start to roll, and you're you're left wondering like, what did we really accomplish? Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Swayze kicked a bunch of ass and like killed a guy and drove the white suit out of town, and you know the blonde haired gal with the big hairdo they're laughing and kissing so are they going to be together in six months probably not but at the end of this movie they definitely love each other and you're like yeah patrick swayze you did it you saved everything well, <laughs> that that's, that's what i think that is that is that is, based on these three minutes that is an amazing take i'm not i, I tell you what <laughs> just just to tease you i will tell you two oh, out of God. two out of the three things that you guessed are correct I'm yes! not going to tell I'm not going to tell you which two they are. Oh, the, oh, I already know which ones they you're are. You're going to have to it's watch. It's the shot and it's the it's the gal kiss you're my gonna, laugh. You're going to have to watch the rest of the movie to find and out. And I'm watching Marcy's face and she's already told me I know I'm right. No. <laughs> well, we'll find out. But <laughs> I'll find out. Bentley, it's just been a real joy having like legitimately like I'm much. smiling ear to ear. This has been such a fun time having yeah, you on really the podcast fun. this awesome. week. Um before we have to say goodbye, I'm I'm sorry to see you go, um, but, but before you we say goodbye, leave. one last time, can you uh, just just uh, tell our listeners, tell our 
Tell our 10 of listeners where they can find you out on the, oh, the web. tens of listeners. No, we don't uh, have tens. We need five more to get to tens. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this has been an absolute joy. Thank you very much. You you, you two folks are, are, for, are fantastic. And I, on air, want to extend to you. I will, I will email this if you're interested uh, uh, to come on Wayne's World Minute. There's some minutes to be filled. And uh, uh, I haven't opened it up to uh, the minute, the minutes, uh, the minutes uh, podcast, you know, community yet. But I would love to have you guys on uh, for the first movie, and then we're doing the second movie, and then of course, you know, Singing in the Rain minute. So you know, we got to get uh, get all fancy with it. But uh, would love to have you on because you two are a delight. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I will come on for me? I will come on for any minutes if you like. But if I had my choice, I would love to come on for some Stacy minutes. Okay. Uh, but actually, I'll take, I'll take anything. Actually, I think like like right in the beginning, I think I have minutes available. Like the the whole gun rack scene. <laughs> I'll take any minutes. Cool. I, I I think I have those available. But uh, um um yeah, and or or like some some minutes at the party. I think are available. Like where she's at the loft and like. Wayne's talking uh, with Cassandra on the on the roof and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I just remember there's a scene where she goes, "Hi, Wayne," and then she her bike does an endo over the hood of a car. My uh, my buddy Jared, that that's what he uh, my my best the guy who plays uh, Randall in my Clerks musical. He's he's I'm one sure. of my best friends, and he's uh, he was like, "I want I want the uh, Stacy crashes her bike into a car." I'm, I'm sure I'll take <laughs> I'll take any minutes if you have sure. some. If you have some awkward Rob Lowe minutes, I'll take those too. I'll oh. take anything. Yeah, would uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you over the spreadsheet with the descriptions, and you and you guys can pick whatever you want. But I didn't mean um, to interrupt. Tell us, tell no, us yeah. again. Plug, um, your, plug your stuff. So yeah, uh, uh, at Bentley Who B E N T L E Y W H O at Bentley Who on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, of course, this will be in the show notes because you're a professional. And uh, uh, if you want some voiceover work for your podcast or some impressions or some silliness, uh, Fiverr.com slash Bentley Michaels. And then, uh, um, yeah, Wayne's World Minute, uh, uh, Christmas Story Minute, um, anchor.fm slash Bentley MM Pod. Again, all of these things will be in the show notes because you professional. And thank you all very, very much for spending your uh, your afternoon with me or, or your evening, my afternoon. And uh, this was a lot of fun. And Sorry, uh, evening. I, based, based on the sounds I'm hearing upstairs, I better go up and check on that slumber oh, party. Yeah, yeah. Or there may be tiny feet coming through the ceiling of the room. Slumber party, we'll bud. <laughs> thank you again for having me on. And uh, if you guys do another show, happy to come back. But we'll we'll definitely get you on uh, on Wayne's World for sure. Oh, awesome. thank you. And thank you all once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at @rhminute, And you can email us at daltonsaysbenice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye. Bye.